and grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that the whole world should be registered. That's how the Christmas story starts, right? We all know where it goes from there. We'll hear about Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem. We'll hear about Mary giving birth and laying Jesus in the manger. We'll hear about the angels and the shepherds, all of that wonderful stuff. And we will hear about it on Saturday when we gather for Christmas Eve service. Today, though, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we get a different version of the birth story. So today is kind of like Christmas before Christmas. Today we get the story from the Gospel of Matthew, not the more familiar one from the Gospel of Luke. And actually, this isn't really much of a birth story to begin with because it's mostly Joseph's response to Mary being pregnant. So this is how the story starts in Matthew. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Boom, right out of the gate, we get a lot going on here. First, though, we need a little bit of background about marriage customs of the day. In that culture, couples were betrothed for about a year, meaning they were legally together before the actual wedding and consummation of the marriage, and when the husband took the wife into his household. So sometime during that year is where we find Joseph and Mary. So they're doing things in the proper order. That is, until Mary got pregnant. Now, the text doesn't tell us how Joseph found out she was pregnant. It doesn't say if she told him right away or if he just noticed the baby bump a little while later or what. And in one sense, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that he had a choice to make. What's he going to do in response? Now, we don't really know a whole lot about Joseph. The only adjective that we're given about him here is that he was a, quote, righteous man. Now, that doesn't mean self-righteous, like he was full of himself. It simply means that he did what God wanted. He followed the law. And Joseph knew the law from Deuteronomy 22-23 which said that in cases like this, the woman and the man who did it to her should be stoned to death. But he also knew that he was already legally bound to marry, and that meant protecting her and taking care of her. So imagine the shame that would be put on him if people found out he couldn't protect her from what happened. Imagine the shame that would be put on her when people found out what happened. 
So Joseph was struggling here. He wanted to do the right thing, but nothing seemed like the right thing. He thought that his best option was just to quietly dissolve their marriage and send Mary back to her parents. And I don't imagine he made that choice easily because her parents and his parents were the ones who arranged the marriage to begin with. So in other words, Joseph chose to have nothing to do with Mary. He planned to just cut her off. It would have been easier on him and it would have spared her life. Well, of course, this is not the way things should have gone, but Joseph was still trying to honor God and obey the law while protecting Mary. But notice something here, though. This was still Joseph's plan. Yeah, he thought he was making the right choice, but he was still trying to be in control. The problem was that things were clearly beyond his control. I mean, if he had been in control, then Mary wouldn't have become pregnant in the first place. If he had been in control, then after their wedding, they could start their own family together. If he had really been in control, then things would have happened in their proper order. Maybe you know that experience. How many times have you tried to handle a situation that was beyond your control? Like maybe somebody you care about made a bad choice. Or maybe something happened to them by somebody else. Whatever the case. It was an event in which you had absolutely no say. And you just had to decide what to do in response. Maybe you decided to cut the person off. Maybe you wanted nothing to do with them and the choices they made. Maybe you thought it would be the best thing for them and the easiest thing for you. Even though Joseph didn't sentence Mary to death, he basically wanted to say to her, you're dead to me. Cutting somebody off is the easiest option. You don't have to deal with their choices and they have to deal with the consequences of what happened. They made their bed, now they have to lie in it, as the old line says. But in this case, Mary did not make a poor choice, and she was not violated by somebody else. This was God's doing. God was calling Mary into this amazing adventure not only of parenthood, but also of bearing the Messiah. Well, of course, Mary's dealing with her own fears and worries about all this, which we hear about in Luke, but nothing, quote, wrong has happened here. Instead, God is calling Mary into a new chapter in life. And now God is calling Joseph to be a part of it. And maybe that was part of Joseph's reluctance to. Maybe he didn't want to be a part of it. 
God was doing something new and exciting and merry, and maybe Joseph just didn't want to be involved. Sometimes that's our response, too. Right? We hear about how God does new and exciting things in the world. We hear how God is actively working in the lives of other people. We hear how we are called to be a part of what God is doing. And yet sometimes we still step back and say, yeah, no thanks. I just want to stick with my quiet, comfortable, familiar life. Thank you very much. Even though we hear the good news, we would rather not be courageous and step out in faith. But as we've been learning together recently, discipleship requires courage. And as I said a few weeks ago, courage doesn't mean you're not afraid. Courage means that you do the thing anyway, even though you are afraid. We follow in the midst of our fears because we know the one who's leading us. Eventually, Joseph did the thing anyway. He took Mary to be his wife. But how? How did he make that shift from wanting to cut her off to actively participating in this new adventure? Well, he heard the message from the angel. Right? As soon as he had decided to get rid of Mary, an angel appeared to him in a dream and told him the whole story. The angel told him, do not be afraid. The angel told him that the baby's from the Holy Spirit, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So that means Joseph is not just a background character here, as he's often portrayed. No, Joseph is called to be an integral part of the story. Not only as a present father, but also as one who listens to God. So really, Joseph was righteous. He did listen to God. Like his Old Testament namesake, this Joseph paid attention when God spoke to him in dreams. Now today, I don't imagine many of us have ever heard God speaking to us in dreams. Maybe we have. I don't know. But probably not. So then how do we hear God calling us? How do we shift from only hearing about God's story to participating in God's story? How do we move from our hesitancy to stepping out in faith like Joseph did? Well, by listening what happened to him, for example. I mean, in other words, if God can use a scared and uncertain man like Joseph to play such a vital role in the story of God's work in the world, 
then God can certainly do the same thing through you. God was going to work in Mary's life and Jesus' life with or without Joseph's participation. But the story wouldn't have been the same had Joseph not been there. Or to say it another way, God is going to do what God is going to do with or without your involvement. But the story will not be as rich or vibrant or beautiful if you're not in it. God calls you, like Joseph, to play an important part in what God is doing in the world. Your role matters. And God wants to work in you and through you to share Jesus with others. Of course, you might not have a big role. Right? It might not be well-recognized or appreciated, but that's okay. Because when it comes to the life of faith, none of us are the main character in the story. The main character is always Jesus. Right. Joseph may have questioned Mary interactions. He may have questioned all of these situations that were beyond his control. He may have even questioned himself and his ability to do this. But then, after that reassurance from the angel, he did not question God's ability to work through it. He trusted that God could still use someone even like him. So let me reassure you. God is at work in you. God is at work through you as individuals and as a congregation. Right? Even when you are uncertain of yourself, even when you don't feel up to the task, even when you feel like, oh, God should choose somebody else, God still knows what God's doing. And God knows that you have an important role to play. That's incredible. You do not have a background part in this story. You have a vital, though supporting, role. And the only reason we are in this story at all is to share the good news of Jesus with others. And whether that happens in the life of Mary, the life of Joseph, or your life today, that is a story worth living, no matter how the story starts. So in the name of this one, we courageously proclaim, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.